As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences Each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited today to be joined by senior producer with the San Francisco 49ers, Serena Soriano. Serena talks about her strength in storytelling, building trust with those whose stories she's telling, how she makes sure she's always learning, and so much more. Serena is absolutely incredible and has done incredible things in her career thus far. So listen in to hear it all. Serena, I am so excited to have you on today. You guys, for me, it's such a joy and like a moment of pride when I get to have colleagues and friends on, people I get to see in the field all the time. And Serena is one of those people. She is so incredibly talented and you guys are in for a treat. So Serena, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tracy. I'm so excited. Like you of all people know how special and important it is for women to really hold positions in this industry. So I'm just thankful that you invited me to your podcast. Well, I am thankful you said yes. So everybody is very happy thus far. Uh, so I would love to start with having you take us through your professional journey. You are such a talented videographer. I love watching the videos and everything you do. And so I would just love to know kind of how you got started, where this love came from and and go from there. Yeah. Um, so kind of a long story, but I'll That's try to make it as quick as possible. No, no, we got time. This is your part. <laughs> <laughs> in 2016, I actually graduated from Caldwell University in New Jersey. Um, okay. I went there on a sports scholarship, soccer scholarship. So I've always been like passionate and involved in sports. Like um, growing up, my whole family's from the Bay Area and my dad is a diehard 49ers fan, just like my grandpa. So um, keep that in mind. 
but I graduated um, with uh, my degree in communication, Spanish and sports management. And I remember during my senior, um, like my final season there or whatever um, semester, I was looking at all types of sports jobs because I was like, this is what I absolutely want to do. And back then, I actually thought I wanted to be a sports reporter. Um, back to watching football with my dad every Sunday, like I remember seeing Michelle Tapoya on my screen and I was like, oh, if a Latina can like be on TV, like I can do that too. So mm-hmm. I was applying to all kinds of sports jobs back then. And of course, the 49ers had one position that sounded honestly incredible. And it was the Denise DeBartolo York fellowship position. Um, and it was a one-year program that was putting female graduates in six departments where women were underrepresented. So I applied and I got it. And I remember being super excited. I started in sales. Um, I was in finance, business analytics, stadium operations, and 49er studios. And in the back of my mind, like I know 49er studios is eventually where I want to end up, but the beauty of this fellowship was that it gave me an opportunity to truly understand and see everything that goes on in a sports organization. And it just happened to be with my favorite sports organization of all time, the 49ers. So a year passes and luckily 49ers studios hired me as an associate producer to help create content for their social media channels. And now I'm going into my seventh season. I'm a senior wow. producer I know. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy how fast time flies. Um, but to this day, like I work with seven other people and we're the ones filming, we're the ones editing everything that our fans get to see on our social media channels. I also helped bring up a Spanish broadcast entirely just for our website and our apps. And now we just have acquired rights, marketing rights in Mexico. So I'm building my team to help create more Spanish content um, for their fans that speak Spanish. So truly an awesome journey. And I am so thankful for the 49ers for getting my foot in the door. So I want to unpack a couple of the things that you just said. First of all, I would love for you to just kind of, for our listeners, talk about exactly what a senior producer does. And part of the reason is, first of all, I think it's interesting. And second of all, part of the reason for this podcast is I want young women coming into the industry to know how many opportunities there are. And you talked about how you thought you wanted to be a sports reporter, and now you're a senior producer. And that is certainly reporting, but you know, it's a little bit more behind the scenes and that you had all these opportunities within the organization to learn about all these different positions, which is incredible. So if you could kind of take us through a little bit of what exactly it means to be a senior producer, I would just love for our listeners to to get that information. Yeah. So with me in particular, so not only am I helping to film practices, games, I'm filming and directing and producing player features, which is probably my favorite piece of content to create. Um, I'm also editing everything that you see on the social media channels where we're working with partnerships and, and creating videos for our partners. We're working with community relations. Honestly, I feel like 49er studio touches so many different departments and we help bring everybody's vision to life through, through, um, this medium. And we're also, for me in particular, I'm working with Spanish broadcasters and creating content just for our newly uh, Spanish channels, 49ers ESP, which is on Twitter and Instagram. So I I do a little bit of everything, but I think what my main job as a senior producer is storytelling. And I truly Mm -hmm. think that is my greatest strength. And that is why I fell in love with 49ers Studios is because it gave me the opportunity to tell those stories through 
through my eyes, through a Latina's eyes. So I, I think it's also really cool that I happen to be a minority and woman in sports just because for the longest time, like you see producers still to this day, a lot of them are, are men, you know, creating mm-hmm. these stories. So I just think it's, it's coming through a different lens and, and that's what it means to be a senior producer. And I want to talk more about storytelling, but first I want to go back to you saying as a kid watching Michelle Tafoya and saying, okay, if she's a Latina woman who could do this, I can do this. And so what has that meant to you to be able to bring so much of that to 40, the 49ers and to bring everything that you just talked about? I mean, that's really incredible. And I actually did not realize that you were the one that started all of that. And that is awesome. So kind of what was the genesis of that? How did you get that started? And kind of what has it meant for you as a Latina woman to be able to do that? I mean, it means so much to me, my culture and my family. I mean, everything to me, um, like one of my favorite quotes from Naomi Osaka is every time I'm reminded of my ancestors, I'm reminded that I cannot lose. So I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of my art and a lot of how I, I present myself is relates back to my culture and, and my grandmother and, and just all of that. So it's super important to me. And, and I was the first woman and the first Latina to be hired in 49er studio. So it's, wow. a, it's a huge honor. First honestly. woman and first Latina. Yeah. <laughs> that is unbelievable, but incredible. Yeah. Wow. They, they took a chance on this 21 year old back then. And I've just been honestly trying to prove myself in a way that that shows that women belong in this industry and that we can also hold these giant heavy cameras and produce art that you know relates back to us in a way so it, it means a lot to to be a minority woman you know in sports so in terms of the spanish content that you brought and the latina content and starting 49ers esp how did that begin who did you first approach when did you first decide you wanted to do that yeah. So I remember part of my interview process, like they were, they were asking me like, you know, this is also a huge Spanish content is a huge room for growth. Is this something that you'd be interested in, in helping doing? And I said, of course, you know, like I would, I would mm-hmm. love that. So I remember hiring Jesus Zarate and back then, and Gabriel Sotelo was our first, um, color commentator. And once we hired the broadcast and got that all up and running, Matias Godinez is our, is our Spanish engineer. Enrique Zarate is our spotter. Like having those tools, like truly, like started to help build Spanish content. So we we brought them in for live shows. We brought them in for standups. Anything you could think of Spanish related. Our to this day, our color commentator and our play-by-play announcer are truly like helping build Spanish content. Jesus Zarate is now our Spanish insider. And um, like I said, now that we had required rights in Mexico, we're working with a team, mm. Wasserman, specifically in Mexico, and, and we're trying to see how, how they can help and, and how the flow works you know, for our Spanish fans in Mexico, but also our Spanish fans here in the United States. And, and clearly sometimes there's a difference you know, between being born in Mexico and, and being born here, but still speaking the language. And it all connects because everyone is still a 49ers fan at the end of the day. So it's like, mm-hmm. we have all of these fans, you know, that speak another language and they all relate to, you know, the team and how can we make them feel like they're part of our team. So we're, we're still building and I'm just so excited for this year. Um, I just hired an international video producer as well. So um, expect a lot more Spanish content and um, we're just so excited. 
And the game in Mexico City is going to be incredible. Yes, exactly. We're treating that like a Super Bowl. We're, we're flying out a week early. We're working with the Wasserman team down there. We're getting all the scenics, hopefully working um, with our fan clubs down there and truly like providing all content um, in Spanish just, just for this game especially. That's really incredible. And I hope this doesn't sound weird, but I'm really proud of you, Serena. It's really amazing. And these are things I didn't necessarily know, you know, that I didn't know that how integral you were to this whole thing, which is just incredible to, you know, to, to that portion, obviously I know how integral you are to everything else because I get to see it every day. And then I get to see the product, which is incredible, which brings me to coming back to storytelling. When yes. you when you go to tell a story, whether it be a story about a team, a pl- the team, a player feature, anything like that, what do you find to be the key elements to really getting the story told in an authentic way? Yeah, I think my main message or, or purpose too in storytelling is like I really strive to like capture the beauty and resiliency of like the human spirit, and I try to do that often as authentically as possible, especially because it's essentially not my story, right? It's, it's our Mm -hmm. player's story. So in approaching that, like, I feel that I have had somewhat of an advantage being here for so long because I have a, a bond with a lot of the players and, you know, with that bond comes trust. Mm -hmm. So them trusting me with their story and being open to share, you know, just all the pictures that they want, all the interviews that we can get, like, the best part of storytelling is working with these players and the more open they are to sharing that story, the better it's going to be. And I think you brought up a really important word and point, and that is trust. And you have been with the organization for some time. So that does build a bond and trust. But for some of our listeners that are new to the industry and coming into these positions, how do you build that trust? Obviously, it's important not to just be asking when you want something. You know, do you really want to build a trust and a relationship in authentic in an authentic way? But what kind of tips do you have for people to do that? Because that doesn't come naturally to everybody. No, it's it's it really does not. And obviously, I think time is going to help as well. And it also, I think, depends on the athlete. You know, just mm-hmm. some athletes really are like. Are, are down for it. They're like, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to tell you my story, you know, and, and a lot of them do, right. Cause we see them on the field just as players. But I really think like, to me, like the most meaningful stories are the ones that happen off the field. How did they mm-hmm. get to where they are? So I think some tips would obviously be to come, to come at a player, not in like an ex, an exploiting type of way. Like at the end of the day, like, it's not about you, it's about them. And I mm-hmm. think just people wise, like you can tell when someone is in it for the clout versus someone who is just genuinely wants to like create art with this player. So I mm-hmm. think that's important to keep in mind when, when working with players, especially like to this, to this level. I think that's really good advice. And in this world of social media, I think sometimes people feel that they know a person and you don't know a person until you know them. So keep that in mind as well. Exactly. Everyone comes from all different, all different paths of life. So, you know, like you never know what you're going to find out. So always keep an open mind as well. So you come into the organization at 21 years old. How do you feel your work has evolved over these last seven years? Oh man, I still like sometimes like if I have time, like I look back at like at 
a feature or like maybe like a highlight that I did in the past. And like, I truly love seeing the growth that I've had. Mm -hmm. I think just even with storytelling, like, and maybe that comes with time. Like my skills have improved. Um, I've created more trust and bonds in this industry. I think too, like my work has evolved into photography as well. I do a lot of freelance during the off season and, um, I've been able to work with, you know, this, this year, like F1, I was in Miami doing sports photography for them. Um, I did a lot for our players. Uh, I went to Fred Warner's wedding and was able to shoot his rehearsal dinner, just all types of things like that. Um, I'm constantly evolving in my craft and trying to be the best at it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to like, never think that you truly made it anywhere in life because then you're already setting a cap for yourself. So I think it's, it's really important to just always strive, you know, to, to learn more techniques, to, to shoot it at a different angle, you know, like really push yourself to, to be the best creator possible. And this may sound like a silly question, but what are kind of the main differences between videography and photography? Cause you're telling a story with both, right? but how does telling that story differ? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a really good question. I feel like technically there's definitely, you know, different, different aspects that wise, but photography is really nice because you shoot and capture a single moment. And there's so many like emotions that can come from that single image with videography, you know, you have to capture not just one image, but multiple, multiple images to truly help to weave that into the story that you're trying to create photography. It's like a single moment and that exudes like a type of emotion. And then videography, I think is more, you can get more into the weeds of like storytelling and and how you want to, to portray that video. Our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news and sports developments, including major league baseball the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, BetOnline has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So when you were first starting out, what was a criticism you received that was a little bit tough to take? And it doesn't, I always, I try to caveat this question in that it could have been learning that you can't listen to everybody and it was an unfair criticism, or Mm -hmm. it could have been some really constructive criticism that was helpful, but still difficult to hear. Hmm. So like I said, sometimes it can be really difficult being a female in sports. I remember when I first started, um, I got a lot of interesting things being said, you know, from like fans, like, oh, that camera is too heavy for you. Oh, you should be in front of the camera. Like all of these types of, all these types of things. And hearing that, you know, was, was really tough because Mm -hmm. obviously it was wrong, but it also like pushed me in a way to be like, I kind of have this like chip on my shoulder and it's like, no, like I, no matter what I look like, or, you know, like how small I am, like I can still do this and I can still create meaningful art that means something to player and to fans. So 
Um, that was really hard to to hear back then. Now that I'm older, it's just kind of funny to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, it made me into who I am today, the creator I am. So I am thankful that I did go through that. And it is, you bring up a very good point. It is very hard to be a woman in sports. And we hear things and deal with things that, you know, yeah. men just don't have to. And I know that we would love to get to a place where it's not about being a woman in sports. It's just about being in sports and everybody exactly. is in sports together. But right now it, it is difficult and things do get said to us from people on social media. They get said to us, even on the field, people will scream things that I'm like, what, in what universe do you think that's okay to say to a person? I yeah. think I don't. And even things where they think they're being nice or flattering, it's like, no, that's really not okay. You really, you can't. I mean, I remember last season, someone took a picture of me from the stands and posted it and said something about how much they liked my skirt. Yeah. And I was like, that is, I'm sorry, but that's creepy. That's very yeah. creepy. I know you think like you're being scared. nice. I'm sorry. What'd you say? So just like you were about to say, like, sometimes I think people are trying to like, comp- like compliment you like in a weird way. And like you said, like maybe they haven't seen, um, you know, like, us a lot in this type of space. So maybe it's like, everyone's trying to learn and grow, but like some things, like you said, like, maybe it's like, Oh, I really like your skirt. Like it can come off creepy or like a lot of times back then I used to like, I'd be holding a camera and being, and people would be like, Oh, are you a cheerleader? Like, why aren't you with the cheerleaders and nothing against cheerleaders, but it's truly crazy. Like in this day and age that fans think that the only capacity that women could have in sports is, is just, you know, is being a cheerleader. Like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Like we can be anything we want. Absolutely. And I think the comment was something that they liked how the skirt fit. So it made it even creepier on Twitter. Like, it's just like, it's Uh, just, but you know, people, I think you're right. People do maybe think they're being complimentary, but these are just things that men don't have to deal with. And I think as women, it can be tough, especially when we're trying to do our jobs. Exactly. And it, exactly. it can create a level of being uncomfortable that you really weren't looking for. Uh, I but, totally really, yes. And I think in, in your case specifically, because people aren't as used to seeing women in your position, people make these comments, which is, which is it's just so asinine and, and terrible. But I guess all we can do is bring awareness to it and yes. explain it. Like, it's not okay. Really, not not okay. Definitely not okay. And uh, it's just, it's really, it's really incredible, but that's fine. But then people see your work and yep. you just do incredible work. And you've worked, I think you've worked individually with players one-on-one and putting together videos for, for them. And if you could take us a little bit through that process, when you're creating something like that, I mean, how long does it take? We're going to do day in the life in a little bit, but I think I want that to be like a game day, day in the life. But yep. what is the process <laughs> if a player comes to you and Let's pretend I'm playing for the 49ers. Let's hope that doesn't happen for everybody's sake. But <laughs> let's pretend I'm playing for the 49ers and I am having one heck of a season. <laughs> I to, which I, I get, we are suspending a little disbelief. And I go to you and I'm like, Tracy. Why receiver Tracy? Yep. Yeah, well, it's really, everybody is shocked. It's very exciting. And I come to you and I say, Serena, I want to put together a hype video for the Seattle game. And I'm really excited about it. What is that process? How much video footage you have to go through? How many photos? How long does it take you? Can you kind of take us through that a little bit? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that actually helps if they want like a hype video, like before 
like a big a big game like against Seattle because actually okay. we can use that video like on our channels and we kind of okay. like shape it that way like absolutely like we, we're making like a highlight video of like the team um off season in particular though we do have players that want um you know highlight tapes like of the season so mm-hmm. those actually take a long time so um, I'm like, I was so blessed to like work with Emmanuel Mosley. I was really blessed to work with Trent Sherfield, Fred Warner, Debo Samuel, you know, these, these amazing players. And, you know, like with that, with them being amazing and having all these highlights, like you truly have to look through our database at for every single game, every single play, every single angle of that play. Like, let's mm-hmm. say I took a great highlight shot, but maybe like the broadcast shot is great or NFL films shot was great. And it's pulling that all together and making it into something that is like hype or cool. It, it, it takes a long, long time. So (laughs) it's a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Um, I feel like as a creator, there's so many times where like, Oh my God, I'm so frustrated with this. I just want it to be good already. Like I hate this. And then Mm -hmm. you come to a point when you're like watching it and it's like a minute long video and you're like, actually, this is really dope. I'm really (laughs) proud of myself. So it's like these roller coaster of emotions that you go through as a video creator. And um it's just it's just a fun thing that we provide our our players. So that is really fun. And then when they come with like requests like, hey, can you shoot my engagement? Hey, can you shoot my rehearsal dinner? Like those ones are also really fun and, and meaningful to me because it has to deal with more more family and, and helmet off type of type of stuff. So those are my favorite types of content. That's awesome. And actually, you bring up a good point. You have these roller coaster emotions, and then at the end, you're like, wait a minute, this is actually really good. So, how have you found over time ways to be a little bit easier on yourself during the creative process? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I feel like I still struggle with that today. I am my harshest critic. Um, yeah. So, I definitely, like, I definitely still struggle with that today, but. I think it honestly, like, I don't want to say this, but I, I, it does help too, when you share like your work with colleagues or friends Mm -hmm. and they, they honestly, they look at you and they're like, this is so great. Like, what are you talking about? It makes me feel that much better because you're like, man, maybe I've just been staring at this too long and thinking Mm -hmm. about, you know, ways to make this really pop. Sometimes you just need someone that you trust to be like, like Serena, you're doing so well you know? And I think that you can like take that into anything that you do, like in this career, especially like as a woman having, you know, just a colleague being like, you should be proud. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like, that's so important. And I think what you said is very important to you, people that you trust. And and we all need that. We do all sometimes need an extra set of eyes, another opinion, someone to bring us back to reality, good or bad, (laughs) but it is good to have people that you trust that, that do that for you. Exactly. So over the last several years, especially in your positions, how have have you seen opportunities change and grow for women in the sports industry? And how do you think we can still improve? Honestly, it's, it's been so awesome to see, especially I feel like in a reporting role, seeing so many diverse women being hired to represent their team and be the face of their team and getting to interview players and all that. Like, I feel like that has truly grown since like 2016 when I started so many more women are reporting and that's so great. I feel like we can do 
a lot better. I think video and production wise, I would love to see more women as directors, more women holding, you know, these giant cinema cameras and, and creating highlights and, and things like that. Um, there's obviously like a lot of work to be done, like in general, just like as a fan, seeing these women, you know, take these places in this sports industry. But I am proud of, of how far we've grown. And, and I, I, I do see it since 2016, a, a surge of women, you know, in this industry. So that's good. That is definitely good. So I would love if you could take us through a game day in the life of Serena Soriano. Yeah. Ooh, it's a, it's a fun one. I mean, it's like 13, 14 hours, um, Mm -hmm. but we're usually there five hours early before kickoff and we're getting all of our camera gear organized and ready for the game. We're miking pads. We're setting up the miking cameras. We're putting GoPros in Spanish and English radio booths. We're making sure the streams are ready and working for the Spanish broadcast. Um, we're filming player arrivals. We're editing player arrivals. Um, we're out in the tailgate area, getting shots of fans. We're on the field pregame, getting shots of players warming up and more fans. We're filming the team speech. We're editing the team speech to go out right before when the game starts. Um, we have different roles, like each game. So like we have two producers dedicated to bench and boom sound. We have two dedicated on following the player who's mic'd up. We have someone shooting highlights. We have someone shooting cutaways and we use all this footage, especially if we win um, throughout the week in our 49 hours that we put out. We're mm-hmm. post game, we're filming all the walk offs of like players, like saying like how excited they are to win. We're filming and editing our reporter giving a post game interview with a player. Um, we're filming locker room speech from coach and then editing that locker room speech to go out that same night. Two of us are handling press conference streams, so making sure that. Fans can hear it on our apps and websites. Someone is physically like filming the post-game interviews. And then the others are breaking down all the camera gear that we had set up before the game. And then finally, like if when we're looking through like our miking, so that's like what whatever how long a game is, but we're looking for the best sound bite and we're editing that and we're posting that on social. So truly everything that you see on social media, like we filmed it, we edited it, and then we're also filming more. So it's, it's mm-hmm. truly a crazy and hectic day for us. Um, it's a workout, but it's honestly so much fun, especially if we win. Yes, it's, it's always more fun when, when the team <laughs> wins. I imagine for the team doing content, it's more fun when the team wins. And I will even say, you know, as a reporter, it's interesting. You just want it to be interesting. You want there to be a storyline right. that you can tell win or lose. But yep. certainly content from a win is, is more enjoyable. I would yes, say for, exactly. for the fans and for the people consuming the content, exactly. it's definitely more enjoyable. But that brings me to one other question before we get to five fun facts, because I was just thinking about when you started in 2016. It's funny. I started covering the team in 2016. So we kind of started. Oh, my gosh. In, I didn't know that. <laughs> which is, Yeah. So which is so funny. And I just was kind of putting that together. I'm like, wait a minute. We kind of we kind of started being there all the time at the same time. <laughs> but I know like for me, there's so much has changed on social. I, mean, I remember in 2016 doing a lot of like Snapchat stories and stuff like that. And that I don't do as much, you know, do some, but not as much. And, and so much has evolved with Instagram and Reels and TikTok. How has that changed kind of your game day and day to day? Yeah. So we actually work closely like with social, our social team and social Mm -hmm. team is the one that's specifically posting our content and Mm -hmm. then tracking all the engagement of that. So like you said, it's truly has grown. Like we're less on Snapchat now and, 
And now we're trying to build our TikTok and we're trying to make short form content and short stories on YouTube. And, and now we have a, a market in Mexico that we're trying to make, create content for. So I feel like social media has changed drastically like since 2016 and and we're just trying to keep up with the trends and and make the best content you know for our fans and in the NFL and it it I think it's something just for people to to pay attention to of course how closely you guys work with social because they are the ones posting and they're the ones tracking it so they're the ones that can say to you okay this is working really well this is not working really well we have to be doing more of this and less of that which is and it's constantly changing so I feel like that's a whole other you know, it's a whole other part of this. Exactly. Uh, Serena, this has been just so much fun for me and, and so awesome to really get to dive in to your day to day and how you got started and how you've evolved. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Tracy. It's been so much fun. I feel like I've talked forever, but like it went so short. I feel like it was great. It was awesome. Uh, And you did not talk forever. And I think everybody (laughs) is going to really enjoy it, but I obviously can't let you go yet because we have to do five fun facts and you know, better than anyone that this is something I do with the players and it's kind of an opportunity for them. And we make it like super casual. It's on my iPhone and it's just something for them, an opportunity to share things about themselves that maybe people wouldn't otherwise know. But on this podcast, the way we've been doing it is that we ask everybody the same five questions every week. And it's been cool because every week we get such different answers. So if you are ready, yes, that's great. Five fun facts with Serena Soriano. Woo. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Serena, what is your favorite moment in sports? My favorite moment in sports would probably be in 2019 beating the Seahawks at their home. Yeah. Like I said, it was 2019. I believe we had clinched the NFC West and Mm -hmm. it was the most it was the quietest stadium like I've ever been to at the end of the game. And like all you can hear was like players, coaches, staff, everyone was just cheering. Everyone was so excited in that locker room. Honestly, like one of the my favorite memories like of all time, not even in sports. Just I'll always remember that. It actually that was an in- incredible day. And, and you're right. It's funny when you say how quiet it was in that stadium, because that stadium is notoriously loud. Right. Not when that clock ran down. <laughs> Great free was, law. And oh, that was it. So it was, perfect. It was. Just, that was a textbook dream moment. It was amazing. What is your life motto? Um, I would go back to that quote that I said from Naomi Osaka. Um, Every time I'm reminded of my ancestors, I am reminded that I cannot lose. What is your go-to workout? I absolutely love working out. Um, I would say my favorite workout is probably playing soccer, but you'll find in the gym. I did a half marathon like recently. So running has been like a go-to. So I'm constantly on the move. That is awesome. I didn't know you did a half marathon. That's amazing. It was so fun. (laughs) Uh, On some road trips this year, let's find some fun workout places to try. Let's do it. Let's make it. Let's make that a little like it could be a little (laughs) content thing. Serena and Tracy on the on the move. I like it. On the streets, love it. On the streets. All right, I like it. Uh, What is your go to coffee order? Uh, My favorite coffee order is from my favorite coffee shop in the Bay, Phil's Coffee, and Mm -hmm. it's a medium honey haze with creamy oatmeal. Oat milk, sorry, and medium honey. Oh, I will be getting that starting it's, in training like camp. That sounds incredible. Soul. It's so good. It's like a filtered soul. They just add honey and oat milk, and it's the best. Okay, yep. We're adding that to the list. <laughs> and a book every woman should read. 
Um, oh man, I love to read, um, this year, probably my favorite book. And I think, I think men would even enjoy it. The seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, it's so good. It was so good. And it's just a reminder to live your life to the fullest and, and be your authentic self. Cause life can be so fleeting and short. So if you want a good book, seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo is so good. Fantastic. Serena, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate your time and for inviting me. Hopefully, you know, someone can hear this and and maybe get something out of it. I know that they will. And if you guys like what you heard, which I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I will talk to everybody next time. Bye all. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.